Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am in Brighton. It's me, Damien Barr, and it is bright and breezy today. Let me tell you, spring is here. It's time for another salon exclusive where you get to be the first to hear about the books that are coming soon that we are most excited about. Now, when we heard about House of Hollow, it was it was not even published, and now it's a New York Times bestseller, which just goes to show you what good taste we have. House of Hollow is written by Crystal Sutherland. She's the international best-selling author of Chemical Hearts, which was recently adapted for film. In her latest book, Magical Realism meets a Scottish urban fairy tale. It's eerie, but very beautifully written and with plenty of teenage melodrama. One of my favourite writers, former Salon guest, Samantha Shannon, describes the story as something that will steal up your spine, slip beneath your skin and stick to you like honey, which sounds strange and enticing in equal measure. Crystal is about to tell you more, but before we have a listen, a warning. Be prepared for chills and thrills. Hello, my name is Crystal Sutherland, and I'm thrilled to be reading exclusively for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon from my new book, House of Hollow. House of Hollow follows the story of the three Hollow sisters who went missing from a street in Scotland on New Year's Eve when they were children. They were gone for a month, and when they returned as quickly as they had vanished, they came back with no memory of where they had been or what had happened to them. They also came back slightly different. Their dark hair had turned white blonde, their blue eyes had turned black, and they each had a small hook-shaped scar at the base of their throats. House of Hollow begins 10 years later when the youngest sister, Iris, is trying to finish high school and lead a normal life, something that's quite difficult to do in the shadow of her two older sisters, who are both quite glamorous and wild. The eldest sister, Grey, is a supermodel and fashion designer, and the middle sister, Vivi, is a punk rock goddess who's playing in the ruined bars of Budapest. The story kicks off when the eldest sister, Grey, goes missing for a second time, and Vivi and Iris have to follow the breadcrumbs that she left behind in order to find her and figure out what happened to them when they were children. I'm going to be reading the prologue for you today, which is only a few pages long. It gives you a good insight into the Hollow Sisters and their strange life. Prologue. I was 10 years old the first time I realized I was strange. Around midnight, a woman dressed in white slipped through my bedroom window and cut off a lock of my hair with sewing scissors. I was awake the whole time, tracking her in the dark, so frozen by fear that I couldn't move, couldn't scream. I watched as she held the curl of my hair to her nose and inhaled. I watched as she put it on her tongue and closed her mouth and savoured the taste for a few moments before swallowing. I watched as she bent over me and ran a fingertip along the hook-shaped scar at the base of my throat. It was only when she opened my door, bound for the bedrooms of my older sisters with the scissors still held at her side, that I finally screamed. My mother tackled her in the hall. My sisters helped hold her down. The woman was rough and rabid, thrashing against the three of them with a strength we'd later learn was fueled by amphetamines. She bit my mother. She headbutted my middle sister, Vivi, so hard in the face 
that her nose was crushed and both of her eye sockets were bruised for weeks. It was Grey, my eldest sister, who finally subdued her. When she thought my mother wasn't looking, she bent low over the wild woman's face and pressed her lips against her mouth. It was a soft kiss right out of a fairy tale, made gruesome by the fact that the woman's chin was slick with our mother's blood. For a moment, the air smelled sweet and wrong, a mixture of honey and something else, something rotten. Grey pulled back and held the woman's head in her hands, and then watched her, intently, waiting. My sister's eyes were so black they looked like polished river stones. She was fourteen then, and already the most beautiful creature I could imagine. I wanted to peel the skin from her body and wear it draped over mine. The woman shuddered beneath Grey's touch and then just stopped. By the time the police arrived, the woman's eyes were wide and far away, her limbs so liquid she could no longer stand and had to be carried out, limp as a drunk, by three officers. I wonder if Grey already knew then what we were. The woman, the police would later tell us, had read about us on the internet and stalked us for several weeks before the break-in. We were famous for a bizarre thing that had happened to us three years earlier, when I was seven. A thing I couldn't remember and never thought about, but that apparently intrigued many other people a great deal. I was keyed into our strangeness after that. I watched for it in the years that followed, saw it bloom around us in unexpected ways. There was the man who tried to pull Vivi into his car when she was 15, because he thought she was an angel. She broke his jaw and knocked out two of his teeth. There was the teacher, the one Grey hated, who was fired after he pressed her against a wall and kissed her neck in front of the whole class. There was the pretty, popular girl who'd bullied me, who stood in front of the entire school at assembly and silently began to shave her own head, tears streaming down her face as her dark locks fell in spools at her feet. When I found Grey's eyes through the sea of faces that day, she was staring at me. The bullying had been going on for months, but I'd only told my sisters about it the night before. Grey winked, then returned to the book she was reading, uninterested in the show. Vivi, always less subtle, had her feet up on the back of the chair in front of her and was grinning from ear to ear, her crooked nose wrinkled in delight. Dark, dangerous things happened around the Hollow Sisters. We each had black eyes and hair as white as milk. We each had enchanting four-letter names. Grey, Vivi, Iris. We walked to school together. We ate lunch together. We walked home together. We didn't have friends because we didn't need them. We moved through the corridors like sharks, the other little fish parting around us, whispering behind our backs. Everyone knew who we were. Everyone had heard our story. Everyone had their own theory about what had happened to us. My sisters used this to their advantage. They were very good at cultivating their own mystery like gardeners, coaxing the heady intrigue that ripened around them into the shape of their choosing. I simply followed in their wake, quiet and studious, always embarrassed by the attention. Strangeness only bred strangeness, and it felt dangerous to tempt fate to invite in the darkness that already seemed naturally drawn to us. 
It didn't occur to me that my sisters would leave school long before I did, until it actually happened. School hadn't suited either of them. Grey was blisteringly smart, but never found anything in the curriculum particularly to her liking. If a class called for her to read and analyse Jane Eyre, she might instead decide Dante's Inferno was more interesting and write her essay on that. If an art class called for her to sketch a realistic self-portrait, she might instead draw a sunken-eyed monster with blood on its hands. Some teachers loved this. Most did not. And before she dropped out, Grey only ever managed mediocre grades. If this bothered her, she never showed it, drifting through classes with the sureness of a person who had been told her future by a clairvoyant and had liked what she'd heard. Vivi preferred to cut school as frequently as possible, which relieved the administration, since she was a handful when she did show up. She backtalked teachers, cut slashes in her uniforms to make them more punk, spray-painted graffiti in the bathrooms, and refused to remove her many piercings. The few assignments she handed in during her last year all scored easy A's. There just weren't enough of them to keep her enrolled. Which suited Vivi just fine. Every rock star needed an origin story, and getting kicked out of your £30,000 per year high school was as good a place to start as any. They were both like that even then, both already in possession of an alchemical self-confidence that belonged to much older humans. They didn't care what other people thought of them. They didn't care what other people thought was cool, which, of course, made them unbearably cool. They left school and home, within weeks of each other. Grey was 17, Vivi was 15. They set off into the world, both bound for the glamorous, exotic futures they'd always known they were destined for. Which is how I found myself alone, the only hollow left, still struggling to thrive in the long shadows they left behind. The quiet, bright one, who loved science and geography, and had a natural flair for mathematics. The one who wanted desperately, above all else, to be unremarkable. Slowly, month by month, year by year, the strangeness that swelled around my sisters began to recede. And for a good long while, my life was what I'd craved ever since I'd seen Grey sedate an intruder with a simple kiss. Normal. It was, of course, not to last. And that was just the prologue. So, if you're swept away by this twisting seductive story, get your hands on a copy of House of Hollow, published by Hotkey Books and available now in all good bookshops. Thank you, Crystal Sutherland, for reading exclusively for the Literary Salon, and thank you out there for listening. Join us again soon. <laughs>